0: Uh oh. Jeremiah Johnson says Doug forgot again. <laughs>
1: Doug didn't forget <laughs> what did <I> forget. <laughs> the, the podcast. No. Th- it's th- it's says anticipation. Uh, All, right. All right. Anticipation is right. the um there's a quote there that I You're
0: forgot. There's allegedly out <laughs> buying <laughs> pine cones and lotto at the country
2: store. Hank's playing keno. We had to wait for
0: him. Hey. <laughs> Hank's look, already we're, here. We're, about to, we're about to go live
2: on this. All right, ready? We're
0: still not live? This right. is gold. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're, we're getting there. This better be in the audio podcast. Oh, this no, is no, all seriously. audio podcast. Get that little pre-show going. If only going. people knew what happens before this thing goes live.
0: Well, they're about to. <laughs>
2: If only people...
0: Before it goes live,
2: we're two minutes late. (laughs) Yeah, jeez. I mean, by the time it hits, the, we'll be like four minutes late. Oh, jeez. This is on me, Oh, gosh.
1: Yes, it is. Hey, we are live. Yeah! Awesome! Welcome back to SwitchCast Live, and live is why it's fun here. Those of you listening to the audio podcast later on don't uh, get to experience the drama, but two minutes before we went live, I heard Ethan, our producer, say... Uh, dummy, Ethan, you got to plug it in.
2: (laughs) Dummy. That was what I said. We run a tight ship here at SwitchCast.
1: (laughs) Why are we not getting audio? Anyway, well, (laughs) two years and change in, and we still have our our little foibles, but we are certainly getting better. We enjoy being here with you, and we're trying our best to be professional. Anyway, I'm your host, Doug Tabbit, and SwitchCast is the automotive-related podcast where we are searching for the truth and the humor in the car industry. That's right, if it ain't true, it better be funny. With me tonight is Tyler Sanders, our official supplier of banter, and Ethan Huffnagel, our producer, who was a little off his game five minutes ago, but he is going to make up for it by being awesome for He's the rest back. of the night. Look out. Yeah, at it. yeah here He we is come. back.
2: That's right.
1: <laughs> the sound quality is going to be great. <laughs>
2: yeah, produce uh, the heck out of this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you all for being here with us tonight. If you're watching us live on TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook, throw your comments or questions in uh, wherever you're watching live in the comment flow, and we will do our best to address them throughout the show tonight. We certainly appreciate interacting with each and every one of you who are here with us every Wednesday. So thank you for being here. Um, A little bit of automotive news this week. I found a very interesting statistic. Um, it was the brands, the automotive brands with the worst drivers in the US. Now, I appreciated this statistic. I'm a little bit of a stats nerd. Uh it probably started with reading the book Freakonomics and basically just opened my eyes on how to look at things differently. And I love the um I love the quote that uh statistics don't lie, but liars use statistics. And there was um There was another automotive stat that I read in the news just before this. I don't remember what it was, and it doesn't matter because I looked at it and I said, this is completely irrelevant. Oh, is it the top 10 most stolen cars in the U.S.? And essentially, it just correlated to the top 10 most sold cars in the U.S. for the most part because it wasn't per number sold. Like, it didn't have a a control metric. It was just the top 10 number. And I'm like, this means nothing because like the Ford F-150 was number two and that's the number one selling vehicle in the US. So it's like, well, no kidding, right? Um, So I appreciate when statistics are put in context and actually have a real meaning. So the one I liked here was the brands with the worst drivers in the US. Now, this is not total number of accidents and tickets and stuff. This is accidents, tickets, citations, et cetera, per one thousand vehicles. DUIs around here too. Oh uh, <laughs> yes, I DUIs as well. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh yes. So Ram leads the charge. Sure, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Ram Charger. Oh yeah. Um, actually, so, uh, speaking of, of Rams, slight sidetrack here, maybe a giant one. Have you heard about the new 2025 Ram charger? No, boy. Uh, I have not. Okay. Well, it's pretty interesting. So it has a V6 under the, it is classified as, as an EV, but it has a V6, the Pentastar engine under the hood, which sends power to a generator. Which a generator then feeds two electric motors, one in the front, one in the rear. And fittingly it's called the Ram Charger. <laughs> yeah. It I'm not they're not, it's they're not, not wrong. my joke. This it's is good. right. Yeah. It, uh, is it and it's you know, it's a throwback to the old Ram Charger of the eighties, right? But it's, it's it's an appropriate name. It has a 690 mile targeted range that is key when we're talking about EVs because there's a lot of bold claims that have been made anyway 690 mile targeted range which is better than I think there the the full EV ram has a 500 mile range targeted but it has the batteries weigh two and a half times what the batteries weigh in, in this one but, I find it ironic that the best way to extend EV's range is to charge it with a combustion engine right from the factory. They're just taking out the middleman. They're making sure aftermarket companies can't get in. No, the, the generator. A the generator is the middleman. Yeah, well.
0: <laughs> Ugh, so you could just take your uh, Tesla and strap a generator in the trunk. and uh,
1: You say that. <laughs> the first tesla prototype the t0 that's exactly what it oh, did really? but it was like a little trailer cuz it was this like little tiny super sleek aerodynamic car but in order to achieve i think it was a 400 mile range that was with a generator on a trailer <laughs> but the funny thing is when i saw this at the peterson museum the 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 prototype had a zero emissions sticker, like a zero emissions pass for, for inner city in California on it. And I'm like, what about the diesel generator behind it? Does that get a sticker? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's just a trailer. It doesn't count. Uh loopholes. Uh, anyway. So uh, it, it was funny though, to see people on the internet arguing about whether the Ram charger should be classified as an EV or hybrid because of this new technology. <laughs> right. Except this is century-old technology. It's called a series hybrid, and it was first used in an automobile application on the Owen Magnetic. Have we talked about this before? We've talked about the Owen Magnetic before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's also used regularly. Those who are trained engineers will know this right off the bat. It's used regularly in diesel locomotives. So this is actually not new technology at all. Um <clears throat> The Ram charger has bi-directional charging capabilities so it can power your house or another EV, which I think is actually kind of cool. Um, what I think is dumb, though, is that Ram's official website lists this as an electric truck, quote-unquote. Hmm. It's, it's not. it's not. not sure how I feel it's, about that. I'm sure how I feel about it. <laughs> and it's deceptive, misleading, slightly. It's 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 a hybrid. Um, Anyway, I like, I, I can get on board with this, right? Like, I'm not on board with EVs. All of you know this. But I think hybrids are the way of the future, and I think this is kind of cool. It's not new technology. It's proven to be very, very efficient in train applications. Um, I, I think they just have to admit that it is what it is, and it's hybrid, <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's like the biggest problem is the the answer to the way of the future is going to be multifaceted and nobody seems to want to admit that to themselves that, you know, it's not going to be all EVs or it's going to be a combination of things. Yes. Um, I was listening to a podcast or something that Richard Hammond was on that I'm sure most of you know who he is. And he was essentially talking about the same thing that like synthetic fuels are a way of banking wind energy or you know, and other types of renewables into something that can be used by the billions of cars on the road now. Right. And the the cost it would take to flip all of the cars on the road and create the infrastructure needed for all EVs is just not it's not feasible. Right. In probably our lifetime.
1: Well, and it's damaging to the environment as well, both from a disposal point of view of what we have now and from a construction point of view of the new. Like, exactly. I'm not saying that in and of itself, is a reason not to move to the future. But if there is an alternative like hydrogen, like natural gas, or like the zero emissions carbon neutral fuel, which we are working on and making progress on, that doesn't require a complete reinvention of the global infrastructure for powering stuff, let's, let's, let's go with that first. Yes. <laughs> let's try that first
0: because it works with what we already have. It like solves a massive problem like a large chunk of the problem. It doesn't fix the problem, but no one thing is going to.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, but <clears throat> back to our main topic or our, our original topic, you know, we keep getting distracted by EVs. Um so the worst drivers in the US. So the Ram Ram leads. No surprise to a lot of you who are on the road with <laughs> these Stereotypical drivers. Uh, Tesla is number two behind Ram. So those autopilots must really
0: suck at driving.
1: (laughs) Is there a way to know if
0: the the autopilots are what sucks or just the people (laughs) buying
1: Teslas? Uh, BMW is right up there as well because they can't use their turn signals. Um, Nissan is at the lowest of the list. Now, this does not mean that they are the best the best they're essentially just at the bottom of the so-called top 10 so they're the least of the worst so for example like ford isn't on the list at all yeah uh there is not a single gm product on the list hank that will be no surprise to hank at all because yeah. they n- don't drive their <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yes, they never drive their Corvettes, right? But like all GM products, they, they weren't on the list of the worst. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised to see that Nissan was was the lowest there. Um, but I think I think there is a valid explanation for that. What is that? Uh, well, you can't measure crashes, tickets, and DUIs when they all leave the scene and run from the cops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fact Is that why Audi is so far down there too Or no is that just Nissan (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah I don't know Uh, A a separate Somewhat unrelated stat From last year showed that the Mitsubishi 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 How you doing Ethan? The Mirage (laughs) The Mirage has the worst safety rating Of any car on the road 205 deaths Per million registered vehicles it's no surprise the thing is like the size of this table but (laughs) yeah and it's not even made as well right so if you want your kids to be safe eh, don't buy Mitsubishi Mirage
0: SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with a single purpose, to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, in fact, that we're broadcasting this show with the phone. So head on over to switchcars.com forward slash boxcast for your free trial. And everybody, you know what time it is. Hank is in here in the studio with us, the Corvette curmudgeon. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Tyler. We're, we're
0: back in our normal. Happy New Year. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. Do yeah. you, you have a good holiday?
1: Well, I, I didn't win my scratch offs. Oh, so that was a bummer. Neither did I. But, uh, you know, it's a new year. Another chance this year. <laughs> yeah, you got to wait a little
0: bit, but this time uh, I'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Uh, so we're back in our normal place this week. Not going to sure. ask
1: me what I would buy if I won the lottery? What would you buy, Hank? Well, I'd probably buy a house in Florida for Margaret. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, Just for uh, Margaret? Well, yeah, I, I <laughs> might go down there, too. <laughs> okay. You know, there's, there's some good car shows down there. Here they have some pretty good trophies. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, I think I might buy another couple Corvettes, too.
0: What, uh, what kind of Corvettes would you buy
1: well I think I would buy a 1953 Corvette okay and yeah. a 1967 Corvette okay. big block and 1963 Corvette and 1956 Corvette uh, yep yeah. and a 1978 pace car okay. and uh, you know 1993 anniversary edition as much as I don't like Corvette C4s an anniversary edition is pretty nice and probably a 96 grand sport. I have oh, quite man. the collection. Yeah, I I get some of the you know the vintage gas pumps and put them up in the garage and do a marble floor and you know some some old gas station signs and stuff on the wall. Build a real pretty, man cave. That'd be pretty sweet. Yep, I'd have it, my own kino machine too. <laughs> <laughs> could
0: you rig that? I in could your charge favor? my
1: friends to come over and <laughs> make a little bit of money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of buying some Corvettes,
0: um, I saw a Corvette online. Doug sent this to me, actually. A 2013 Corvette ZR1. Uh, this is a C6. The last built ZR1. So, the last one they ever built is for sale online right now.
1: That's now, not the last ZR1. They made a C7 ZR1. Uh, the last C6 ZR1. No, Okay. Uh, Getting real into the weeds, that guy is. Must want people to think his car is special. Oh,
0: there's a whole lot of things here. It's a VIN number 482, one of 54 C6 ZR1s produced in Night Race Blue Metallic.
1: Oh, yep. Yep. Rare color. That's always a good thing. It's got the 60th anniversary. Probably not as rare as the color on mine, but anyway, Mm -hmm. I'll let him have his moment.
0: (laughs) Well, it is one of one confirmed by the National Corvette Museum. Ah. I don't know about that. I think mine's the only one of one. Ah, well, you know, I'm gonna. I'll leave that for you guys to to, to hash out. Uh, this guy's the only one that's owned this car. It's only got 55 miles on it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's it's probably never seen rain either, right? I would imagine it, he doesn't say, but I don't think it has. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's pretty good. He he took pretty good care of it then. I would think yeah, so. The, the that,
0: photos do look pretty good. I mean, it's it's a pretty, that might
1: be a car I would buy. You know, sounds sounds like he he really babied it. You How know.
0: much do you think this person is asking for this car?
1: Oh, good question. I mean, I think that was probably about a, a $90,000 car new, you know, back in the day, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So, you know, I, I don't know. They depreciate a little bit, you know, some rebates and stuff they got when they're new. So, I don't know, maybe $70,000. Uh, it is
0: listed for $399,900. What?
1: Uh, <laughs> what is his problem? Don't worry. Serious
0: <laughs> offers are considered, Hank.
1: Okay. Yeah, I bet they are. <laughs> no lowballers, yeah. I... I'd like to give that guy a piece of my mind. But <laughs> he trying to retire off of that thing or what? Is he one of them dealers? I don't. Flipping it, a frigging ripoff, driving up the market, taking advantage of people like that? It's, uh, it's pretty tough to see. That is a lot of money for
0: a C6. Goodness gracious. Uh, so to cleanse your palate, I do have another Corvette to talk to you about. Um, So, this one Doug also sent to me on Facebook. This is about a 1963 C2. It is a convertible. It's a good year of them. Yep. Uh, It is a manual. It's a great car. Yep. Uh, This guy is the only owner. He has owned it since new in 1963. Oh, wow. Yep. So, he really loves his car. How many trophies does he have? Uh, He doesn't have typical trophies. Okay. Like he doesn't carry them around in a case with like, you know, whatever with him, but he's got, uh, he's made a lot of memories. Well, trophies are car. too
1: big to put in a case. You might wow. know that if you ever won one.
0: So, but he's made a lot of memories with this car. Uh, it has, well, actually, no, let me ask you. One owner has had this car since 1963. How many miles has he put on it?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, probably about 200 miles a year. So, you know, probably about, uh, I don't know, about 10, 20,000 miles total would be about right. It has six hundred and ten thousand miles. What? <laughs> six hundred
0: and ten thousand miles. Uh, the engine has yep. been rebuilt at least once, and the rebuilt engine has two hundred thousand miles
1: Goodness on it. Goodness gracious. Sounds like a waste of money. Probably a lot cheaper <laughs> to buy a TV instead of driving <laughs> around aimlessly. But he took it all over the country
0: in Canada with his wife, and they made many memories, and he drove it on track and like took it to autocrosses and uh, road tripped it. He what are auto crosses? Uh, it's like driving around little tracks made out of cones in parking lots.
1: That sounds like a good way to scratch your car.
0: <laughs> Not nah, if you don't hit anything, you're fine. Hmm. But six hundred? Can you imagine putting six hundred ten thousand miles on any car?
1: That's ridiculous. <laughs> I Why would anyone need street. to drive that far? I because well, <laughs> the 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 experiences. I the drive ten miles seen. round trip to work, and all my family lives within twelve miles. And I don't really go out on the weekends unless there's a show and it's good weather and low humidity and I can win a trophy.
0: Well, uh, he's had a couple more places to go, I guess. Um, but before we, uh, we cut you loose for the evening, Jeremiah Johnson on YouTube has a super chat
1: for you. I don't know what that is. Uh, does it come with a cape? <laughs> it does not.
0: Uh, he sent us a little <laughs> bit of money. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. To, How much uh, do I get? We'll, <laughs> uh, Ethan will determine that later. We'll, yes. uh, we'll talk to you after the podcast um jeez so uh jeremiah wants to know what does hank think about the c6 zr1 in the last stand mm. what's the last stand here we go i am not sure it's a
1: movie it is a movie about a drug lord is that the one where they sent it off a cliff or destroyed it or something oh it's got a schwarzenegger in it i don't actually know I think that's the one where they destroyed that car to make the movie, mm. which is an absolute waste of a perfectly good car. Yeah, I can't well, there tell. you have it. Yeah, well, hey, you know, there, there's Hank's opinion. That's a problem. I love yeah. it. Hollywood with too much money, just somebody could have bought that car, somebody who needed a deal on a car or something could have a Corvette in their garage, and instead they did some travesty like put destroying it just for just for the views on the, the big screen. That's, that's it. right. That's why I don't go to the movies.
2: <laughs>
0: We'd learn more. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Hank, for coming down again tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, talk to you next week. Uh, thank you, everybody. That was Corvette Curmudgeon brought to you unwittingly by the Corvette buy Sell Trade Group on Facebook. There's your source for cranky boomers, overpriced Corvettes,
1: and reinforced stereotypes. So I have a confession to make. Yes. One of Hank's quotes was actually stolen directly from an actual Corvette curmudgeon on the Corvette buy-sell trade group. Oh, was it really? Yes. Yeah, somebody posted a Corvette with high mileage, and the guy responded, probably a lot cheaper to buy a TV instead of driving <laughs> aimlessly. <laughs> really? That was an actual quote That's from amazing. an actual it's Corvette
2: good. curmudgeon. I like that. <laughs>
0: Devin Ruckus says we're going to give Hank a stroke with all these astronomical Corvette numbers. we got to be careful, boys.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, um, boy. So we're talking a little bit about EVs. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry. Before we get back into that, um, thank you all for being here tonight. This is SwitchCast. I'm your host, Doug Tabot. Um <clears throat> If you're watching live, feel free to throw those comments and questions in, and we will do our best to get to them throughout the show. Uh, also, if you are listening on YouTube, TikTok, or especially on the audio platforms, please, please, if you enjoy this podcast. Help us out with the algorithms. We have been growing steadily since day one, and we appreciate all of you for that. Um, but if you would love to help us out, that would be great. Write us a review uh, on, on the platform on Spotify or Apple. Uh, share it, like it, anything you can do uh, that will help us out with those algorithms, that would be awesome. So uh, we appreciate you. And uh, uh, we're not asking you for money. We're just asking you to help us out to, to grow. Um, and that way we can stay with you guys. <clears throat> with that said, uh continuing uh, um a little bit of the discussion about EVs so we're talking about the the ram charger and stuff and we've talked about EVs a lot uh w- one may say we've uh, beat that subject nearly to being unalived uh, but it bears continual discussion because it is an ongoing topic honestly I mean for those of us who are internal combustion enthusiasts uh there's a very real possibility that we may lose what we love potentially, Um, and and only due to legislation. But I wanted to specifically focus on the state of California and EVs as it relates to California, because the old adage says, as goes California, so goes the nation. Uh, So this kind of popped into my mind last week, because I was looking up the regulations for California and... Bringing in an imported vehicle from overseas, so specifically a a European Ferrari, which will pass emissions here in the US and and might in California, but we don't know. So the problem is if you bring in a car from overseas to register it in the great Republic of California, you need, uh, goodness gracious. Uh, the following forms, application for title or registration, verification of vehicle, lien satisfied, legal owner, title holder release, statement of facts, declaration of gross vehicle weight, vehicle vessel transfer, and reassignment. You may also need evidence that your foreign import vehicle meets United States federal motor vehicle safety standards. And this is not a may, this is actually a you will. Uh, because vehicles manufactured after 1995 have to have the federal certification label attached to the vehicle confirming the federal motor vehicle safety standards certification, which they don't have because they're not manufactured for the U.S. market. Now, many of the vehicles manufactured overseas are manufactured to the exact same safety standards. They just don't have the U.S. sticker. You also need... a copy of a letter from the manufacturer confirming that the vehicle meets U.S. emission standards and motor vehicle safety standards, which manufacturer is not going to give you because they didn't manufacture it for the U.S. market. Um, They even admit on their website, you can usually only get this evidence for vehicles manufactured in Canada. No kidding, because North American spec vehicles are all the same. Puerto Rico, Mexico, Canada, U.S., they all use the same VIN number, same emissions, same five-mile-an-hour bumpers, et cetera, et cetera. You also need a certificate stating that the vehicle has been inspected by California Air Resources Board Licensed Laboratory. Ironic that the acronym there is CARB mm. because they hate carbs. Um, <clears throat> evidence that the vehicle meets the EPA and California Emissions Standards. This includes an EPA and California emissions label attached to the vehicle, a smog certificate. This applies to gasoline vehicles manufactured after 1968 or diesel vehicles manufactured after 1980. So basically, if you import a vehicle from overseas, you can't get it registered in California. They don't want it there. <clears throat> and the the irony is you're probably not going to use it that much. Um Their goal was to essentially stop non-collector vehicles from being registered there. But anybody importing a car more than 30 years old is going to be a collector vehicle. Nobody's doing that (laughs) to like put 50,000 miles a year on. Um, But uh, moving on from there, that's just an example of how crazy California is with this stuff. You can take up an imported vehicle as long as it's 25 years old and you can register it in any other of the 49 States, pretty much no issues. Um, they're also moving. California is, uh, banning gas appliances for any new construction on certain types of buildings um, because they want everything to be electric. Uh, we're all familiar with the mandate of California that all new cars sold by 2035, that's only uh, 11 years away now, uh, must be electric vehicles, not just hybrids, EVs. And it's, it's a rolling scale too as well. So, um I don't remember the exact percentages, but by 2032, it's like, you know, 70 or 80%. Um, but this is not the first time they've done this. Um, I was pulling from memory, but I f- found an article that confirmed this. So a New York Times article from 1995 says that California in 95 repealed a mandate that the within two years, 2% of all EVs be electric. And they repealed it because... One, there wasn't the demand for the consumers. They just weren't buying it and the product wasn't available. Um, and 10% by 2003 was the mandate. So by 2003, 10% of them had to be EVs, which at the time it was like you have the Honda Insight and the GM EV1. That was it. Yeah. And the Honda Insight did okay. The GM EV1 was nothing. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's just proof that long ago, California was making rules that had no grounding in reality, pun intended, <laughs> grounding. Um, so it wasn't until just a couple years ago that California reached the 10% number. But amazingly, in the last two years, they've they've more than doubled um, the percentage of, of EV sales. And they're over 21%, which is three times the national average wow. of new vehicles being sold there. So California is making progress on that front. I don't think it's due to any government action or mandates or anything like that, though. I think it's just because California's like Teslas and there's a lot of progressives out there. And like it's it's a cool thing to have. It's a status symbol. There's a lot of people with a lot of money out there and they can afford them. So I would almost guarantee you if California did nothing political to advance this, that they would still have 20% of new EV sales. Well,
0: and I think it's easier out there too. Uh, it seems that their charging network is a little bit better in the big metropolitan areas, which is probably where a lot of these are being sold. I don't think some farmer in, you know, Eastern California is going to be buying a a Tesla. It's all in like LA, San Francisco. So, you know, it's, if I lived in a place like that, an EV probably wouldn't be a bad idea.
1: Yeah. So, and I made that point with, uh, Somebody on the internet I, – I should know better than to engage with commenters on the internet. Um, <clears throat> as one of my favorite radio hosts says, uh, you should never argue with fools because they will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's great for engagement and algorithms and stuff. So it's like because because they'll never stop, right? You just you can bait them and bait them, and, and they think they're changing your mind or, or making a difference, but um, <clears throat> or getting under your skin or living rent free in your head. Um, but so one guy, I, I said essentially that like yeah, it's EVs are great for metropolitan areas because it reduces the concentrated smog and like. There's a good charging network. Um, never mind the fire hazard of having them all around there. But anyway, and he's like, and and he um, said, well, everybody in California has them. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Call me when they have a, another rolling blackout. And he goes, oh no 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 no. The the EVs are part of the solution to rolling blackouts because they act like smoothing capacitors when everyone has them plugged in. Not I
0: used. Am- not sure that's how that works.
1: No, it is. Oh, it is if you're not using them. Oh, so literally, if all of your EVs in California are not used and they're fully charged and you have them plugged in, then they act as smoothing capacitors, but you'd have to not use them. Ah, and they have to like get to a full charge state as well. So,
2: before like, before the s- rolling
1: blackout starts, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? So, you have to have. You still have to have all the power to charge them, and you have to charge them and not use them and uh-huh. just be ready for rolling blackout. And yes, then your EV is a nice smoothing capacitor, but don't use it. That's an interesting argument. It's, just don't use your car. It's a real odd one, yeah. But the state still has to supply the power. That's that's a problem. Um, but I was, I, I've been thinking about, um, let's say... The government wins. Let's say the activists win. Let's say maybe they maybe they come up with like solid state battery technology that that works. Maybe they come up with some crazy charging system, and you know, batteries that don't combust and burn for days. Um, and let's say ice vehicles go away. Uh, for a long time, I was thinking, okay, well, uh, the the motorsport country clubs and the private tracks are like the internal combustion enthusiasts' solace, right? Like, they'll never be outlawed. They may not be street legal anymore, but we can still go to these places and enjoy our cars and use them off-road, right? Because even now, the EPA is cracking down on vehicles, but they're not necessarily directly regulating race cars, right? You can buy a straight pipe for car, but it has to be off-road use only, So I'm like, OK, well, this is going to be like this huge rise in potential business long term for these motorsport country clubs. But the more I think about it and the more I talk to owners of these places is I think that if the government and legislatures and the activist groups have their way, like they're going to ban those two because they're simultaneously trying to make it extremely difficult for these places to do business. They're regulating by noise, um, they're regulating, um, emission stuff. They're not, uh, I know one track owner who's trying to clean up the track or remove tires and oil and other contaminants in order to actually clean the place up and make it better. And he's running into so much red tape because it's not how the EPA wants it done or whatever. They just, they don't want him to succeed. And, and he's banging his head against the wall going, I'm trying to make things better. I'm trying to make the environment better and improve things. And you all you guys are doing are standing in the way because of your stupid agenda. And, and that made me think, like, I feel like if EVs succeed because internal combustion vehicles are, are outlawed, like, essentially, if they succeed by force, not by technology in the free market then internal combustion vehicles will be like static art. We won't even be able to use them on private tracks because the legislatures will make it prohibitively difficult. Not They may not outlaw them directly. They'll just make it either prohibitively expensive or difficult via red tape that they'll become effectively illegal even without an outright brand. So that's my concern I think and that's why I'm so outspoken against EVs it's not the EVs it's really not it's the the forcing of a specific solution that has a lot of major problems to it without an acknowledgment of those major problems
0: and that's a it's a terrifying future that all of us are uh, you know afraid of because of what we are passionate about what we love and and all of that but i just have to hope that well, it's actually kind of wild to me that that is even a, a thing like why I've, I've never understood why they target tuning companies or make it difficult for tracks like this because they're not the problem. Like all of these things are not the problem. So yeah. why? But it's flashy headlines or, oh, yeah, look at us getting these rebels or the rebels. What am I like 50 Um, like these? I don't know these. I don't know word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? It's like going again. For the greater good or what You
1: know what I think it could be is uh, who do bullies pick on?
0: Oh, people that can't pick back.
1: Right. And and you grow up and, and you don't have bullies anymore. You have manipulators. You have scam artists. But like you look at the psychological profile of manipulators and people who take advantage of other people and narcissists, and they have similar traits where they seek out – people that they know are weak in a certain area, and they take advantage of them. So I think it's, it's one of these things where the EPA is looking at it going, w- we got these small targets. We can take out all these little individual targets. We can take out tuning companies. We can take out car dealers. We can take out these car enthusiasts because there's so few of them they can't band together. And we'll take them out one by one, the little targets, and then we'll go after the big ones, or simultaneously they'll go after the big ones. But the big ones are—they take longer, but they're—they're—they're they're, they're weakening all of us in our resolve, and they're taking out these small targets while they can, because it's like, you know, one racetrack in one state gets targeted. There's not some national coalition of all of them to come to the defense and fight the ginormous EPA. So I, I think there may be some of that. Yeah. I guess I just have to hope that
0: that is a little too doom and gloom, and it's because it's just not feasible to outlaw combustion vehicles entirely. And i I generally don't believe, genuinely don't believe it will be in our lifetime.
1: I I have a lot of hope because of what technology is discovering right now, especially with these zero emissions fuels. I'm I'm really excited about that technology, and I think that could be a real game changer. Um, we shall see. We shall see. I think so.
0: And that's uh, technology is an amazing thing. And it would be nice to be excited about technology again. It's been a <laughs> while since I have been because
1: <laughs> I don't know, technology is less fun than it used to be. <laughs> now. That's true. That's true. A lot of automatic transmissions and almost self driving cars.
0: Yeah, that's just not what I'm into. SwitchCast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they've appeared in movies and TV shows such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit celebritymachines.com for more info and use promo code switchcast to save 25.39% at checkout. Uh,
1: for the wall of shame, I feel like we need an entirely new wall of shame section just for imbecilic responses to videos on social media because we do get a lot of kind of ridiculous reviews. Uh, and emails and such sent to the dealership um, but there's there's so many dumb things said on social media it's awesome uh, and and this week's example is one that uh, we were doing the the winter driving video on the mm. 997 and the snow was blocking up the uh the, the oil cool coolers which for for the record someone rightly pointed out that they were radiators which I mean they're all radiators but specifically for the cooling system for the Oh, like on the front, cooling system in the front yes. bumper. However, because engineering uh, the radiators, the, the coolant radiators cool the oil. Don't ask me how, but it, it like they're intertwined with mm-hmm. the, the oil cooling system. So like when you clear out the front radiators, it immediately dropped the oil temperature 20 degrees immediately. So anyway, but the The response to this one, this was a great one. Um, he said, and I quote, My dad got a 993 Carrera 4. It's air-cooled and does not have an oil cooler. Problem solved. Hmm. Really? It, really. And I was like, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I know they're called air-cooled Porsches, but, like, really they're oil-cooled. They're just not also water-cooled. The air is the additional cooling like, you still have an oil cooler. And he doubled down on it with... Oh, of course. The 993 is air-cooled, same as all the Gens before it, so no oil radiator. I'm like, yeah, you should probably do a little research before you <laughs> double down on that, Like There is an oil radiator. It's in the left rear fender behind the rear wheel. But, like, I'm like, how do you think the engine is... You You actually think that airflow is enough to cool an engine where you have metal things moving at up to 8000 RPM fueled by explosions fueled by explosions that just
0: no 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 Doug it says it's air cooled that's all there is there can't possibly be anything
1: else yeah it's 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 just air yeah yeah oh yeah Okay.
0: Just like the the later generations are only water cooled, there's no air involved whatsoever <laughs> in cooling no oil, the water. No oil. And no oil. Oil's either.
1: only lubrication. It's it doesn't doesn't actually go through the walls of the cylinders and no. the block. Doug no. is
0: doing a great dance right now for everybody who's <laughs> listening. Of like, it looks like he's sticking his fingers out and doing a little yeah. uh, doing no. a little jig. I, I was just like, uh, okay, okay.
1: Um, I, People are on the internet are great. It's so great. great. They, they, this is why we have a podcast. They give us material. For example, <laughs> let's talk to, about the Shrewd Negotiator. Yes, more internet. So the Shrewd material. Negotiator
0: uh, today is a uh, a pretty fantastic listing. Uh, those of you that remember what the Ford Probe is, yes, uh,
1: car that would have been really amazing if it was rear wheel drive. Yes,
0: because they look great. Both they generations look, great. look fantastic. They got pop ups. Smallest
1: A-pillar on the planet, but... Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: So this has been listed on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, I'll save the price for the end. Uh, Got 53,700 miles, so I would say... Low mileage. Pretty low mileage, all things considered. Uh, Throw a new battery in it and drive it home. Uh, Already. That's never
1: a good start. (laughs) Well, yeah, especially (laughs) because it's probably not going to start. It's like the the non-running kit car tagline. (laughs) Just needs a new battery. Just needs a...
0: Wow. My brain. What? Entirely <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Sanders, a little I'm so fired. My goodness. Anyway, back to the listing. Um, <laughs> I was trying to do too many things at once.
1: Hold on. Let's just pause on no, that for no, a moment. No, no, no.
0: We can continue on. Let's pause uh, on
1: that pause.
0: So the, the owner of this probe says I brought this vehicle or bought it to turn it into a show car for Concorde De elegance doesn't specify which one.
1: Wow. I'm pretty sure the only Concorde that a Ford Probe would be eligible for is the Audrain 30 under 30 category. Or if it was really bad, the Concorde de Lemons, I think, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, but he did say Concorde Elegance. That's true. So we'll give that to him.
0: Uh, Never got around to it, didn't
1: have the funds. It it could also be like the um, Proctologist's annual car show. Brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Yeah, uh, ass. ass man plate. Um, because it it's Ford Probe.
0: <laughs> uh, so the uh the car was restored mechanically for three thousand one hundred sixty-seven dollars and sixteen cents. Very specific. Okay. Uh, that's, given rust treatment. That's a prevention, cheap mechanical restoration. Yeah, like what did actually did you do? uh rust treatment prevention for three grand sat in the garage for almost two years uh the entire suspension struts sway bar links control arms, springs and strut mounts all found to be okay for virginia safety inspection by technicians I have questions, but keep going. Uh, Emissions. (laughs) I love this. Emissions, EVAP lines running beside the fuel tank of the vehicle are totally disintegrated (laughs) and no longer available for purchase from Ford, nor can you find them from aftermarket. This causes a check engine light to appear, but emissions aren't required for the vehicle of this age, so it's not hurting anything. Except in California. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Transmission was serviced. Thank goodness. Uh, sunroof has
1: rust and corrosion in the tracks in a Concorde car. Uh, I thought he mechanically restored it. Ah, that's cosmetic, Doug. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. At the beginning, he said throw a new battery in it and drive it home, but he did a mechanical restoration. Yes. What part of the mechanical restoration didn't include a battery? Also, very good question.
0: Well, he couldn't fit that into the $3,167.16. A uh,
1: battery like $167.16. <laughs> 16. So what did he spend Already the other budget, three grand Doug. on? <laughs> I would like to see those receipts. Um, so what did
0: he do? Uh, I'm, the front brake hoses were replaced. Brakes were flushed. All four tires were resealed at the bead he couldn't just wait he new- didn't even
1: <laughs> do, no new tires <laughs> he didn't even do new tires he just I've, n- I've literally in 20 years I have never ever ever in 20 years of the car business heard somebody go yeah I just resealed the tires at the bead
0: what why does that even if it needs that just get new tires uh, ro- oh but thankfully they've all been rotated and balanced Ooh, a, uh, a coolant system flush was done and a synthetic oil change thank goodness
1: Hold on. Okay, so I'm adding up here, right? So <clears throat> he didn't do a battery, we know that. So he did a synthetic oil change, let's say that's 150 bucks. Uh tire rotation and reseal and alignment, let's say that's 300 bucks. Uh brake flush 150 bucks. What else did he do? Coolant flush and transmission service. so he did the fluids and filters essentially. Yeah. Okay, so like we'll say 800 bucks.
0: Did the turn transmission have to be opened? Where did the
1: other twenty three hundred dollars go?
0: God, that's definitely not to the sunroof for the battery or the tires.
1: <laughs> my goodness! Oh my so
0: gosh! The price for this is my I think my favorite part. This person wants sixteen thousand dollars for this probe. What?
1: Huh. Wow, that's I, a lot I mean, of money. I I think he must be a proctologist because you would. <laughs> Have to bend over to pay that How? oh <laughs> he's disgusted for oh. a probe joke, ladies and gentlemen, oh man, sixteen thousand dollars, God, I think that twelve thousand dollar grand caravan is a better deal than that.
0: <laughs> the one that they towed a trailer to the doctor yes for. yeah the best. the other best thing is that probe is' an automatic, so it's like not even oh. a manual,
1: oh, come on. So disappointing. What a fail. What a fail. Well, we've talked enough. Let's go to questions. Yes, and our question of the week
0: or questions of the week is brought to you by Nuts for Sticks. Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all its forms. Forget those flappy paddles because we like shifting ourselves. Check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at nutsforsticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SWITCHCAST.
1: That is nutsforsticks.com and use code SWITCHCAST. Side note before the questions, I do have to say we are in the process of restocking everything on the Nuts for Sticks website, including new Switch Cars t-shirts. So nice. if you're a extra small or an extra large, we have what you want. But uh, for everybody else, we will have what you want very soon. So keep checking back. Heck yeah.
0: Uh first question is Tyler DeJohn, which is who is a longtime listener, uh asks when breaking but the not cannonball first-time caller. Well, in the not even a caller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get my drift. <laughs> I do. Uh
0: when breaking the cannonball records, what is the music playlist? Uh
1: police frequencies really.
0: Yeah, you got to focus so much. You're not trying to bop across
1: the country. Um, Accidentally, on the second cannonball, the music (laughs) playlist was "Dancing Queen" over and over again because it was like every time that Arnie's phone would connect uh, again randomly to the Audi, not iDrive, whatever that system is called, it would just like he only had like one song on his Apple. Playlist or whatever automatically plays, so we'd just be like driving along at 150 miles an hour and it's, "Dancing Queen." That's pretty <laughs> good. Anyway, and just like a dozen times across the country, we would just hear "Dancing Queen." So, heck yeah! Could never predict when or why it just started. Just randomly sings <laughs> up. Well, yep. it's
2: alphabetized, right? So presumably, Abba, A B B A, the artist, right? Maybe no one's. Uh... Uh, but no oh, that's not a bad yeah probably that's just my guess as, as to why which is very frustrating every <laughs> time you get in the car it's like all right we're gonna restart every song you have from the same place but it what wasn't up, every but...
1: time we got in the car it was, just, it was like seemingly random like you would take a phone call or something and then get <laughs> off just the just back like... to dancing queen <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's pretty good man i like that so we did like named that.
1: the audi s6 dancing queen ah along members. with the front doors we haven't both nicknames (laughs) dancing fraud Taurus queen (laughs) that doesn't roll off the tongue quite
0: as nicely i don't think uh Uh, todd perkins who is another regular listener thank goodness we have at least two um (laughs) i know you're a quote watch guy as am i lots of car enthusiasts are also into watches any thoughts on a segment every few weeks
1: (laughs) i don't think we have time for that no plus that could be a good time for
0: me to take a bio break because i know Absolutely nothing about watches, and would be entirely <laughs> useless.
1: Um, no, I, I. It's a good question that those interests do cross over. Um, I, I am honestly not a watch guy, quote unquote. I do like watches. I have a few that I like, but I'm not into them like a lot of people are. Um, I don't go to watch meetings or or whatever. I just wear the watches I like and buy the ones I like, and kind of just. Uh, it's kind of like my Corvette ownership i don't go to the corvette club meetings and i'm not a corvette guy (laughs) i just like my corvette so um i would be the worst person to host that and and honestly like um we're trying to create uh, ultimately we're trying to be entertaining here and i don't i don't think there's anything entertaining about watches (laughs) like i i don't know maybe maybe matt Ferris watch and listen podcast is entertaining but i'm like it's you're talking about watches they're they 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 tell time and they look pretty i i, I think we i think we'd lose some people other than the diehards and <laughs> we're going for a you know we're going for a mass audience you know so it's it's a good question valid question but there's enough watch enthusiast stuff out there we're not going to try to cross over into that
2: what is your thing outside of cars, though? Like, if it's not, so, like, watches are, like, you're interested in it, but, like, it's not, like, your thing. Outside of cars,
1: what would my you wife. say to us? I love my wife. Well, like Aww. A,
2: I, that's great. I meant, like, a hobby.
1: Ethan's <laughs> like, get this out of here. <laughs> no,
2: that's great. That's, I mean, what a fantastic <laughs> answer, right? We're going gonna to tell are I meant, like, a hobby.
1: Uh, I mean, it's I have a lot of them. I don't know. Uh, music probably would be the number two.
2: All right. Makes
1: sense. um. Doing sport things like water skiing, boating, skiing, stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. But I'm not like nerdy about any of them Sure Like I'm interested in music because I like it and it makes me feel good um, And I like perfecting my craft But I never listen to a podcast about music I don't know Good answer
0: the wife answer was a good well, answer. Well, thankfully, you've satisfied Ethan tonight, Doug.
2: I so, was <laughs> curious. I curious what he would say.
0: Anywho, next Hopefully up. Uh, nope. <laughs> gonna leave that one.
2: Moving right along. <laughs> uh,
0: next up, Denny Z, who submitted this question via Switchcast.live. Thank you very much for visiting the website that is all things Switchcast. Uh, those of you who do not know, uh, you should okay. check it out. That's where we uh, post all of the things that you could possibly need to know, and you can submit questions for <laughs> us to ask Doug. I think we lost Doug there for <laughs> no, I'm trying to give him a second over here by regaling or... the glory of SwitchCast.Live. No, that's he's good. Yeah. dying in the corner. Uh, sorry, unaliving in the... What, what can I say?
2: No, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, <what's> <laughs> unaliving <laughs> in the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's also not good. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Denny Wolf. Z uh, usually listens to the podcast a few days after it's posted, so we thank you for doing that so much. Uh, they currently drive a 10-year-old Jetta GLI six-speed. How many check engine lights uh, I don't think he says okay, at least one um come to it's come to his attention he needs a dad car. Uh, he's got two kids, a six year old and a four year old and he's six five.
1: So, it took I'm sorry, it just <laughs> came to his attention <laughs> yeah, he's a little behind <laughs> behind the <laughs> well behind the able wait a minute, right? a Jetta GLI is not a dad car
0: i also am confused that it's a four door sedan. What more? Do, and you have two kids. It's not like you need to fit three kids in the back. All right, well, keep going. Uh, so once wants something a bit larger. Maybe that's it, because he's 6'5". Uh, although the Jetta fits him very well. Don't know why he needs something bigger. Uh, so here's where he wants your thoughts. Are you ready, Doug? I, I've been ready. <laughs> Over the past six <laughs> months, uh, Denny has been looking and driving dozens of cars. Volkswagen Atlas, massive. No. Jeep Grand Cherokee, no. Uh, mid-2000s Volvo V70R? Yes. Yes. Uh, early 2000s BMW wagons? Yes. There's two very different groups of cars Denny's looking at here. Yes. The correct group and the wrong group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he, so he's amazed at how many cars that say they're four to six years old have, you know, over 100,000 miles by a long shot. Uh, he's also a car guy and have mostly driven Porsches and Volkswagens uh, most of his life. And his Friday drive to work car is no four. So he's broke. Yeah. And he has a 996. <laughs> so he's probably got bore
1: scoring, no money. And, <laughs> but he's been having a great time. And he spent $20,000 on check engine lights on his Volkswagens. <laughs> yes. um,
0: so do you think, because of your involvement in the, the overall automobile industry, a lot of these newer cars that have so many miles, do they belong to individuals that drive Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, DoorDash, all of that kind of stuff? Uh, he says he's had a person deliver an Amazon package to them in December, and it looked like they were using their own car. It was like a Ford Explorer packed with boxes. It,
1: this was not the way I was expecting this question to go. I thought his question was, what should I buy? But it's no. <laughs> it's, it's Is everybody <laughs> driving Uber and Lyft with new cars? I mean, are, probably <laughs> yes, because it, there's restrictions with Uber on the year of car that you can have. You can't have a super old car. Um, <clears throat> I tried with Seascape to do, um, it, it was, I don't know if it was Uber, but it was, uh, maybe it was Turo or something, but they all yeah. have restrictions on them. Um, and I think a lot of people are financing them as well. Cause they're looking at the cash flow and saying, well, you know, my payment is X and I can make X plus whatever on Ubering or doing DoorDash, which is, a, you know, a bad calculation because they're not factoring in, Depreciation and maintenance and all the other expenses, um, but I I think that's probably the case. I mean, it's it's certainly a, a whole pretty giant cottage industry out there of, of stuff like that. But I I mean, I wouldn't buy a car that new anyway. Like, I like his direction <laughs> of old Volvo wagon, something like that. But I, I feel like that's no different than the Jetta GLI is driving anyway. So yeah, that's, that's not it's not not a dad car, but. Maybe I I don't know. Yeah, it's a um, bit of a,
0: I, an interesting thought,
1: but it, I two Corvettes only... would be a good solution. Uh, why two? Well, it's it's a dad. I mean, his his wife can drive one uh, with one oh, kid, see, and he can so. drive one with the other kid. I mean, that they're a hatchback. They got lots of cargo space. He can buy some New Balances. That's a great dad car. Yeah. yeah, they're reliable. They're fuel efficient. I mean, two Corvettes driven at the same time probably get the same. Overall fuel efficiency is one Volkswagen Atlas. Now, that is some dad math.
0: <laughs> if I've ever heard boy math, I don't know what are kids saying these days. And
1: it depreciates less. <laughs> yeah. And you'll have dad less ma- Look, Ethan, I don't know. <laughs> <Dad> Common Core.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's Common
1: Core vet math. <laughs> that
2: and on that, that, that was, was a gentleman. good one. <laughs> hey, yeah, round of applause, please. Peanut <laughs> Gallery is giving you a pat on the back. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> on that note. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, we should just end it though. The say, whole thing. is it time for props and flops? It stick. is
1: time for props and <laughs> flops. For those of you watching live, stick around for the bonus round of live Q&A afterwards. We call it Tip Talk, ideally because we hope for tips. For the rest of you listening on the audio podcast, thank you for joining us. And this will conclude our regularly recorded segment. The props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. And Switch
0: Cars, as you all know, is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. So check out our handpicked inventory at SwitchCars.com. And Doug, what is our pick of the week from Switch Cars Inventory?
1: Our pick of the week it is Inbound, getting on a truck tomorrow. Isn't that I think? cheating? No. It's not here. We own it. (laughs) Okay. It's a 2007 Porsche GT3 RS with 32,000 miles. I personally sold this car back in 2015 and have been trying to buy it back since like 2017. Extremely difficult uh, customer to make up his mind, but we finally got it back uh, the other day. It's a very high spec car, big, big options on it. Good interior uh, deviation. Um, ceramic brakes etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but it is a driver's car it's been on track some and has a few minor blemishes but no like big oopsies or anything so it's a you know good price point and a good car for somebody who wants to drive a gt3 rs what color is it white oh. white. <laughs> uh, yes does it have the <laughs> does it have the graphics it does <sighs> yes yep hatcha hacha hatcha hacha. hacha, hacha. Um, speaking of Hacha, well, Daihatsu, Dai <laughs> close enough. Almost. Our flop of the week, uh, somewhat relevant to the question we got in the bonus round last week about K-trucks uh, being legal or not legal in the U.S. Um, this article via CNN, uh, Daihatsu, the Japanese automaker owned by Toyota, has halted production after admitting it has been forging safety tests for 30 years. What? What? Yikes. Three decades. What are you (laughs) going to do? Yeah. Wow. Uh, The shutdown will last through at least the end of January, affecting 9,000 workers. So at least those 9,000 people will be able to get in that um, paid time off so that they can go tour the Corvette plant before that uh, suspends tours. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely going to fly
0: all the way to Kentucky in the United States from Japan.
1: Well, you know, what else are they going to do for at least a month? (laughs) And and the Corvette plant shutting down their factory I tours, see. so you know it's get in some time. But anyway, yes, the the, the Daihatsu has been uh, been lying to everybody. So all of you people driving Daihatsus feel wronged. Seriously, I don't think a single listener of our podcast has Daihatsu, but yeah, there's going to be one person that over the next week is going to be like, oh, I've got one.
0: <laughs> You've been How lied you? to.
1: You are unsafe. <laughs> yeah how do you feel is it like the I remember when the Volkswagen dieselgate thing came out there's so i had one at the time and i was kind of like sweet you guys like got one over on the EPA for 10 years because i don't <laughs> actually believe that they were like killing the world by like you know lying a little bit about their gas mileage and, and emissions but a lot of people felt personally wrong and they like they felt like morally culpable because they were somehow like contributing to you know the 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 right whale you know population being diminished or something like that by driving their their diesel volkswagen but um i, I don't know I, I don't know that i can identify with that feeling or empathize with that but uh, it, it is what it is so um Daihatsu's being unsafe or not endangering anybody but the people driving them. So I guess there's there's no moral, you know, moral guilt there. Uh our prop of the week. Uh via Fox News, uh Maine, the state of Maine, delays a vote on California-style EV mandates indefinitely. They delay oh. the vote indefinitely after a massive power outage left more than 400,000 people without power. But what about the capacitors, Doug? The smoothing, does that not work for those? No? They, didn't, they didn't charge them in advance, you know. Oh, gotcha, okay. But, I mean, 400,000 people in Maine is a lot. That's like basically all of the Maine natives. <laughs> Everybody else just moved from Massachusetts <laughs> and settled in southern Maine. But that that's a big deal, and I'm, I'm glad they actually recognize this as a, oh, well, maybe this, sorry, oh, maybe this ain't such a good idea. <laughs>
0: Say Doug, your mane is showing.
1: <laughs> like all oh, those darn people from Massachusetts moving up here, and well, no, you get a big winter storm up there, and you know you got you got to admit what's real, and and say hey, maybe these EVs aren't such a good idea anymore. I, I don't I don't know about this. Maybe maybe the diesel thing is just something. Oh my goodness, is that so? <laughs> is that a? <all? laughs> Do You have family that talks like that?
2: <laughs> no, actually, none of my family has a main accent. Wild. Other than my sister's husband. That's it.
1: Ralph. He, he runs a, a, a convenience store called Ralph's Got Gas.
2: <laughs> and man. he
1: has a legit main accent. That's
2: amazing. I was say. One
1: time we were up there, and somebody came in, um, and they said, um, uh, "We need a we need a, a bear tag." Because they just shot a bear and they they have scales there, so they need to tag their bear.
2: Right, yeah. it's just
1: a day in the life of a main gas station. Yeah, just yeah, no big deal. Put Ralph gas. Yeah. Anyway. He's not a sponsor, though, so let's stop talking about it. Can't give him <laughs> too much free advertising. Yeah, get though. out of here.
2: <laughs> or I'm trying to go on over.
1: Anyway, <laughs> thank you row. to our actual sponsors Boxcast, <laughs> Nuts for Sticks, Switchcars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. Thank you to our producer Ethan Huffnagel and our Ed McMahon and banterer Tyler Sanders. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivor. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out switchcast.live to submit questions, sign up for our newsletter, or catch up on old episodes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life.